0: Houston Running Zone, the ultimate podcast for runners in the Houston area, featuring the everyday runners who inspire us, clubs, gear, races, and runcations. Houston, we've got the runs. All right, today in the zone, I have a runner, an Ironman triathlete, and also the head coach of Focused Fit Nutrition. Here to give us some tips we can use right away is Lisa Ferrara. Welcome to the zone, Lisa.
1: Hello. Welcome. Thank
0: you. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. Most runners, they think of nutrition. They think of those gels or the gummies that they take while running. Uh, I have nutrition. I'm set. I'm good to go. But it's obviously a lot more than that. And we've been talking before we hit record is, but what is runner nutrition?
1: Sure. So when I think of runner nutrition, I really try to focus first on what are you doing the 23 hours of the day that you're not running? Right. Because what you're eating for your meals, how you're hydrating all day long has a much, much bigger impact on how you're going to run, how you're going to recover than anything you do within the, you know, 3, 10, 20 miles that you're actually running. Um, So with most of my clients, that's where we focus first is making sure that we're covering those basics. And then we get into What does your hydration strategy need to be for your run? Because hydration comes first, and then it's topping off with a few extra calories from some sort of easy-to-digest, usually mostly carbohydrate source, depending upon what your run is, right? Are you doing a 5K, a 10K, or an ultra? You know, there's a huge range in terms of what you're going to do while you're running, depending on your run.
0: So it's really not while you're running, it's the other... 23 hours in the day that, that you're, that you talked about. And most of the time we don't think about that. We only think about what we're doing in the present. So what yeah. can people do right away? Is it like, what are some of the common faults that you see or the common things that people just don't know about?
1: Sure. So um, it actually goes back to a lot of the basics when uh, you know, they talk about the standard American diet, but when I look at most people's food logs or get people to recall what they're actually eating, most people aren't eating vegetables. Like, And that sounds like super simple and super basic, and it is, but it's really important. Um, And it has to do with like how your body detoxes hormones, how your body um, actually like cleans itself out every day, obviously, if you care about being a runner, you want your body to be like, have a normal digestive cycle, and everything and like a fiber from vegetables really helps with that. Um, and they just have a ton of micronutrients in it that have to do with um, how well nourished and functioning our bodies can be. So, um, so that's the first piece. And then and when I say eat vegetables, I usually aim for like, five handfuls of vegetables a day. So if you think like, five cups or five servings or five handfuls, like what you can hold in your hand just as like an eyeball, you know, serving size. That's the goal. And um, mm-hmm. the other yeah. piece is looking at, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was saying like for, for vegetables, some people are like, okay, well I don't know how to make vegetables or they <laughs> um, they're okay. Well will us so whip out the uh, the bacon grease and fry them. You know, what, what are some simple ways? Like, obviously I've seen like, there's a ton. I, I like make, make my own salads, but I really just like yeah. a ton of like salads in a bag. Uh, and things mm-hmm. like that, that you could, that you could do. What are some easy, when your clients first start out, what are some easy ways to do it? Like, you know, like you cut up a sweet potato and roast them, uh, vegetable, you know, salads. What are some of the things that people can easily start off with?
1: Sure. So, you know, you mentioned some of them just now, like salad in a bag, do it, add your own like seasoning or dressing to it. That's totally fine. And um, buying frozen vegetables that you can, you know, toss in and saute, um, on your skillet. Also a great option. I think we tend to think of like frozen vegetables as not being as good for us, but that's actually not true. And usually frozen vegetables are frozen so quickly. They're actually retaining a lot of nutrients that get lost while fresh vegetables are shipping across the country to get to our grocery store and sitting on the shelf. So, um, so those are options, you know, For me personally, I'm a big fan of just roasting my vegetables. So, you know, I'll put them out on a sheet pan, you know, spray them with um, a little bit of avocado oil, some salt and pepper, roast them at 400 degrees for anywhere from like 10 minutes for something that's like super soft, like a dark green, or, you know, up to 20 minutes if it's more like Brussels sprouts. And, um, cause so I like the crispy texture and, um, it caramelizes them a little bit. So that's what works for me. Um, some people also really like just, you know, they're like flat out, like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to taste it. Like put it in a blender, you know, drink it. That's fine. I'm not a big fan of juicing. Cause that takes out all the fiber, but if you can blend it and drink it or drink, or, you know, have a big bowl of soup with it in it, that's also good.
0: Oh, yeah. I have a Vitamix and I've been using it for 20 years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they last exactly. forever. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: so what would be like the, and I, I noticed with frozen vegetables, they say that they, you know, pick them and then they, when they're in season. So a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. you can't find. Like I, mm-hmm. I realize sometimes when I, when I eat broccoli, I'm like, this is nasty for like a couple months out of the year because it's not yeah. in season. So what what would be like the, the easy frozen vegetables? So everyone can get frozen vegetables and then Put them in a pan. There's always a recipe in the the, on the back, and there's Google. So what would be like an easy frozen vegetable medley type?
1: Yeah. So look for um, Normandy vegetables. That's usually a mix of like broccoli, cauliflower, and carrots. So that's really easy. Um, And then also like stir fry vegetables. And the thing is, you really want to look for vegetables that are not pre-seasoned, right? Because you don't. You want to get some that are just like naked that you add your own seasoning and flavor to. Um, and it can be as simple as a little bit of like olive oil or avocado oil and salt and pepper or balsamic vinegar or lemon juice, like something simple like that. Um, because if if you're buying them um, with dressing on them, they're usually coming with excessive sodium and um, like canola oils and things like that, which are really inflammatory. And as runners, we don't want any more inflammation, right? Like we don't, that's the kind of stuff that causes like our hands to feel swollen, our knees to hurt, like anything we can do to keep that out of our system, the better.
0: So just straight up olive oil is the easiest
1: mm-hmm. thing to do.
0: Okay. And then obviously yeah. a little bit of seasoning. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, and one other, obviously vegetables easy and we, we yes. know what to do. Uh, we are thinking up, uh, Protein. That's a Mm -hmm. big one. Whether whatever diet you're on, there's always a little bit of protein you need. What are some of the best sources and best ways of of doing it?
1: Sure. So actually, when I was gonna say earlier, I was like the first step is vegetables, the second step Ah. is protein. Ah, Um, We're together here. (laughs) Yeah, so we're on the same page. So with protein, I think the thing that's really important to remember is no matter what your dietary style is, whether you're a vegan, a vegetarian, an omnivore your protein needs don't change for your body, your choice of what those proteins are changes for you personally, but your protein needs are still the same. And for a runner, and for if you're at your ideal body weight, you want to have about, you know, one gram Of protein per pound of body weight so if you're 130 pounds you want 130 grams of protein if you're at your ideal body weight if you're also running and trying to lose weight because i definitely work with runners who are also trying to cut weight you still want to eat about the amount of protein that you would need at your goal weight versus trying to add a ton of protein just because you have body weight to lose Um, is kind of a good way to think about it and So in terms of protein sources, you know, everybody thinks chicken breast. That's obviously one. Um, Fish, you know, uh, lean pork tenderloin, flank steaks, you know, lean ground beef, turkey. And you can use some of the like tofu or tempeh if you want to mix that in. Um, And then the other thing is, is look for other sources that may not be primarily protein, but have a lot of protein in them. So like Greek yogurt, um, cottage cheese, you know, um, quinoa vegetables all have good amounts of protein in them. Beans have good amounts of protein in them. They're not going to be your primary protein source because they also have a lot of carbs in them, but, uh, what you also need as a runner, um, but it just has to be in balance, right? Um, you're probably not going to eat like you couldn't eat 130 grams of protein from beans and also still function. So um, anyway, so it's just about balance And for runners in particular. um, you know, obviously, like there's that moment where you're like, you're done running, you're maybe socializing or, you know, maybe you're foam rolling. If you're a rock star before you like go get in the shower and then eat. Those are all good times to have a protein shake on hand so that you're kind of starting that repair work and giving your body the amino acids it needs to do the repair work so that you're recovering for your next run. So, um, I'm a big fan of post-workout protein shakes, whether you're using, you know, a vegan protein or a whey-based protein.
0: And you said to match the grams of protein with your ideal or goal weight, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That's pretty cool. And and as you said, some people try to eat excessive protein to, I guess, to feel full or...
1: It does help with satiety, right? And it helps your blood sugar stay even, which is really helpful if you're trying to manage cravings. Um, But say if you're at 170 pounds and you're trying to lose 40 pounds, you don't need to eat 170 grams of protein. You would probably eat more like 130 grams of protein and balance out the rest of your calorie needs in carbs and fat. Which
0: is cool because I... I uh, as we're going through, it, I notice when people up their veggies, they actually feel full because it's fibrous and you know, yes. it's, it's what our grandparents called food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's normal laughs> before processed stuff. Okay, so well, let's keep rolling. I know I got got all excited. So you got uh, veggies, uh, uh, protein. Uh, mm-hmm. What's up? What, what else do you recommend?
1: So the other thing is hydration. So and um, just making sure that you're drinking enough water all day, every day, whether it's you know, sparkling water, regular water, you know, it could be decaf, or or like an herbal tea, there are all kinds of ways to meet your hydration needs um, to mix it up. But, you know, in general, especially living in Houston, we need a lot of fluids, right? Because we're like sweating a lot, 10 months out of the year, you know. (laughs) And um, so in terms of how many ounces of fluid you need in a day, think in terms of at least half your body weight in ounces. So we'll stick with 130-pound woman. You know, that is like 65, 65 ounces of water minimum. But if you're running, you need like at least 15 more ounces for every hour that you run, or you know, boot camp, strength training, whatever you're doing, um, where you're also losing fluids. So and um, so that that's kind of like the three foundational things that I would have everybody like dial into because it will have an immediate impact um, on how you feel. The other thing is, is once you're eating enough protein and eating enough vegetables, you tend to start losing processed foods, right? Because like you're full and by cutting by cutting out the processed foods, you also start to feel better. And recover better and reduce your inflammation, which is part of what we care about as runners.
0: So hydration, that's so at a minimum, half your body weight. And then if you do any sort of activity, try to up it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh,
1: uh, uh, What else do you recommend? Well, so on that note, on terms of hydration, that's also a good benchmark for how much you should be drinking while you're running. Right, so most people need 12 to 16 ounces per hour while they're training. So, like, if you think about like a Nathan handheld bottle, that's about 16 ounces. That's about what you should be consuming in an hour-long run, okay. um, and 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 that's the time when you want to add in some electrolytes into your drink. So, if it's like a 30-minute run, it's less critical, right? Like you can skate by with a lot on 30 minutes for an hour, by the end of that hour, you're going to be pretty fatigued and feeling a little bit heavy if you're not also drinking some fluids while you're running. So um, for electrolyte drinks, I'm a big fan of things like uh, noon endurance, scratch, um, not at full concentration, but like diluted tailwind um, can also work really well. So that that way you're getting a mix of you know, sodium, potassium, you're also getting in some simple carbohydrates that help actually accelerate the the transfer of the fluids into your bloodstream.
0: Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people, they do electrolytes and a lot of times they just do like a little bit too much salt. I don't know like what the, the balance is. Like I've yeah. read some things that say, okay, you need extra salt, especially a lot of people like to do it the day before and things like that. Uh, And then sometimes they say, well, it's your body getting rid of the excess salt. Like if you run it any, the 10 months out of the year that we're sweating, as you said, a lot of times you see the salt on your shorts, on your face. Mm -hmm. So what's the balance there? (laughs) Is it, is it getting rid of excess body, uh, body salt or what, what is it?
1: When you run, you're losing salt, but you're also losing like potassium, magnesium, calcium, right? And so you're, you're losing the full electrolyte panel not just salt. And like, when Uh, you think about what we eat as in our diets and like our over salted American food, that is literally just like salt or MSG or things like that. It is not actually potassium, magnesium, calcium. So as runners, we need to be careful that we're actually adding some of those things back in consciously because we are losing them while we run. And if we're adding water without electrolytes in it, what happens is that that water goes into your system and it sits in your gut. It doesn't actually get to your bloodstream and your muscles as fast as it could because it needs electrolytes and some sugar to cross cross through that gut barrier into your bloodstream.
0: You are in the Houston Running Zone. We've got the runs. Oh, okay. So a lot of times people feel sloshy because well, that's what it's doing. It's just water.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that can help mitigate it. Um, To that end, if you think about fueling while you're running, you know, you want to think in terms of um, an an electrolyte drink, but then also I am not a fan of gels. Um, gels are kind of the pro forma recommendations for longer course runners, but gels can also sit in your gut. If you don't literally follow the manufacturer's directions of drinking it with, or taking it with eight to 10 ounces of water at that moment. And, um, it needs that eight to 10 ounces of water to dilute it so that your body can digest it. If you are not diluting it with water, you're intaking it what it does is it sits in your belly and then your gut actually pulls water into it from your bloodstream to help digest it. Right. So your body will keep digesting it, but that's actually dehydrating your muscles, which is obviously not the point. So, um, so instead of doing things like gels, what I usually have my athletes do is to do kind of a slow drip of extra calories, which could come from like, you know, a couple gummy bears every few miles, you know, you could use the chews that like cliff or scratch or, um, honey stinger makes where you're taking like one or two chews, you know, depending upon your size, you know, about every 20 minutes, that's much easier on your body to digest. And then you don't have to also slam a bunch of water with it. So it simplifies your, your whole process.
0: Okay. So Gels. Well, I mean, yeah. A lot of times, people are going to the Chomps or the gel, or the, not the gels, though, the gummies, things like that. What about the Stroop waffles? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> Maybe I just like yeah. waffles.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're delicious. I mean, they're like a cookie. So um, with the Stroop waffles, so for those, you would, um, they're a little bit slower to digest. So like if you're doing like a longer, slower run, you can get away with a lot more than like a harder, faster run. Right, so like stroop waffles, they work well for my triathletes who are using them on the bike um, and for a run. If you're doing more, like you know, if you're a slower marathoner or maybe doing a marathon on the back end of an Ironman, you might want to have some solid foods in there, um, like a stroop waffle. But in general, you know, the easier the to digest the food is, the better for your stomach. You just because you don't want your stomach to work any harder than it has to. You, while you're running and the and the faster and harder you run, the more shut down your stomach is gonna be.
0: Okay, excellent. Yeah. Well I'm slow all the time. So that's that's not a problem at all.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> well let's kind of move like towards like Pre race, obviously, if you're eating your vegetables, don't start eating a bunch of vegetables before race. Uh, you know, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you will get used to it. I gotta say that because so many people are like, okay, I tried this, uh, tried having oatmeal uh, the day of the race. Have you had oatmeal before? No, oh, great, no. awesome. Um, yeah, you know, so pre race, obviously, if people are taking care of their body, uh, you said you know twenty the other twenty three hours a day they're not training. What other pre race type things can we do? Because everybody's different, but at the same time, we need some benchmarks.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to answer that question, but first I want to double down on the point you just made. We don't want you doing anything new during race season, right? So, you know, if you're hearing this in January and you have a marathon in a week, don't change anything, right? Your time to experiment is over. You can start that when your race is actually done and you're back into your base building season or your off season. You know, we want to use your entire training season to actually ramp up what you're doing and doing some like a personal experimentation for what is best for you so that by the time you get you're peaking and you get to your race week like you're on autopilot by then right everything you're doing should be like you know this is what I have for breakfast this is what I drink while I ra- run this is what I have after and this is what I eat the rest of the day like you want to be like a machine for some of those long course races that that said before a normal run like I know there's a big discussion about run fasted or run with fuel. If your number one goal in your run is performance, think like a tempo run, a track set, a long run, you want to run with something in your stomach before you go out and attempt that effort. So if, you know, I know there are a lot of like 4.30, 5.00 AM runners and you're like, I can't get up and eat anything. That's fine. But take like do like a bcaa drink or something just to get some amino acids in your system before you go or you can take some bcaa capital capsules and if that's like your bare minimum if you have like a 30 45 minute margin then you have time to eat like a greek yogurt you know a kid size rx bar so not even like a whole bar like you're talking like half a bar um or like a small thing of like um, the Think Thin Oatmeals. I really like those because they have some protein in them also with the oats or like the Kodiak um, oats that are pre-made. So they have some protein in them. Add some hot water, eat that. It gives you about, any one of those things gives you about 150 calories. It gives you some carbs and it gives you probably about 10 to 15 grams of protein. That's pretty ideal. And so, and the same thing as if you're running it you know, five o'clock in the afternoon and your last meal was lunch, that kind of snack before you go run, you know, an hour or so before you go run will also help you make the most of your run.
0: Okay, cool. And then of course, during the run depends on distance and things like that. But Mm -hmm. what about post race? You said protein is important. Is there anything else that's important? Let's go just a 10 K half marathon, something, you know, mid distance, or mid-training run, whatever race, sure. what would be a good thing to have or make sure to have?
1: So right after a race, that is when your body is primed to take up protein and take up carbohydrates, right? That's your most insulin sensitive period in the day. And so that's when you like have the most latitude with your carbs. So, you know, I mentioned the protein shake earlier. If you're going to a race, even if you plan to eat all the race food, still take a protein shake and drink it and grab your banana and your bagel. Or, you know, I know people like pizza. I don't. Well, I like the way it tastes. It doesn't agree (laughs) with me. But um, (laughs) anyway, you can have all that, but still have your protein drink with you. And no, they are not going to be providing protein to you. So you need to bring your own if it were something that you were doing on your own, like I would say like a Saturday morning and you're going home afterwards, start your protein drink in the driveway, on in the drive home and like have some pancakes or have some oatmeal or, you know, and like have a, have still have a meal. And that's when you can have a, like a carb heavier meal. and um, And that is gonna help your body replenish all of the carbs that it's used while you were actually running.
0: Okay, cool. And a lot of times people get uh, injured or they're not sure what's going on with their body and it Mm -hmm. could be anything, uh, shoes or a a lot of things, but are there any warning signs where people say, okay, this is because my nutrition is off. (laughs) Is there anything that, that you see that's very common? So it's going to be common with the listeners.
1: If you notice that, like at the end of your long runs, like, you know, and I mean, I know there are people who like run hard Saturday or Sunday morning and then they spend the rest of the afternoon, like asleep on the couch or they eat a giant meal and then they're just like dead to the world afterwards. Like that means you're doing something wrong, right? Like you should not feel just tanked after your run. If you do, that means you probably mucked up the nutrition in and around the run and you just wasted your body too much. Um, Same thing, if you feel hungry all day after your runs, you also probably underfuel during the run itself and didn't recover, eat for recovery so that your body is like still working hard to play catch up all day long. A couple things that I also have my athletes look for is like, if you start noticing, like when you're training and like after hard run days, like you're prone to have cramps or, you get like those like twitchy muscles, like you might get them in your face or like your quads or something like that, where they're just like, feel like they're tremoring. And that can be a sign that you're deficient in magnesium, um, which ultimately means that your muscles aren't going to fire as hard as they could. So taking some magnesium at night could be really helpful. And then kind of the other thing is that to be aware of is that as we age, most of us eat a pretty collagen deficient diet. So like that becomes hard on like our tendons, our ligaments, our um, our cartilage, and adding some collagen to our day um is a good way to actually mitigate against against some of those aches and pains. Like I think everybody thinks that after 40 you're gonna have arthritis in your knees or your ankles or whatever. And it's like, I mean, realistically, if we went and did MRIs of everybody, it would probably show up, but the reality is we can improve a lot of that just by adding, adding collagen peptides to our day. Um, and you can do that by like adding a scoop to your coffee every morning, drinking, you know, making some soup out of bone broth or things like that can also help runners a lot.
0: Yeah. I've noticed collagen is taste free. I mean, you, they have flavored yeah. ones, but you can add it and yeah, I have an instant Pot, So I do my own bone broth cause I'm weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we talked about this before we hit record, but, you're with Paraland area roadrunners. Is that, is that correct as well? Yeah. Okay, cool. I I always recognize y'all with the orange, which is always cool to see all at races (laughs) and you you did an Ironman or, and uh, you've coached, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Jeff uh, with his nutrition coaching. What really kind of made you get involved in nutrition? I mean, was it because you needed it or because you just had a passion for both? What, what, uh, what's the backstory there?
1: Sure. So um, I started running when I was in, my early 20s. And as I started ramping into longer distance running and getting into half Ironmans myself, I really like kind of the standard, you know, just have a gel or just drink Gatorade. Like it was terrible on my stomach. It was just like a gut bomb. And I had to do a lot of my own research on how to actually fuel myself properly during those runs. Um, or during those events. So I just kind of started geeking out on it then. It was just like a sponge learning as much as I could about nutrition um, for the early days. And for context, like that was, you know, that was more than 20 years ago. I'm in my early forties now. So it's been a long, a long time pursuit. Then um, I also have children. So when I had my kids, when they, um, they were born in 2008, you know, I started, it started pivoting from how am I feeding myself to how am I feeding my family? How am I raising healthy girls? And just really, you know, really started being aware that there were so many well intentioned people in the world who want to eat healthy, want to make smart decisions, but like they don't know how to do it in the balance of, you know, their working lives, their busy family lives, um, all of the garbage marketing that is you know, pushed out about like this crash diet or do this or do this. And it's like, (laughs) how can I help people like simplify and practically achieve their goals or do the best that they can in the circumstances they have, um, really just became a passion of mine. So, um, I left my uh, career in public relations and got my nutrition certifications and started our company just about four years ago. So really pivoting from, you know, what am I doing? My own little Island to how am I helping others achieve success?
0: You talked about, you know, I have a 14 year old and your daughters are 12, correct?
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. correct.
0: And I use the term meal planning. Some people freak out like, Oh my goodness, i got to have to eat sprouts and, you know, a uh, uh, cold tofu or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, well, I think of like meal planning, it's planning. So you don't have to go through some sort of curbside pickup. Or even worse, fast food. Do you mm-hmm. have any like meal planning tips where people can plan? I don't know, maybe the week in advance, at least three days in advance, so they're not looking at their pantry instead of their refrigerator for like real food. Like, I, I know. Do you guys do meal pl- planning at your at your business? We do. We do. We help
1: both create initial meal plans for our clients, but then also teach them how to do it. And I think so much of the time when people hear meal prep or meal planning, they think. I have to do everything on the weekend and spend five hours in the kitchen and do it all. And what I really want people to learn is having a plan means just like knowing what you're going to eat for the week, having food in the house and available, and then also having some strategies for emergencies, right? Like I have two kids that play three sports and like, we're always on the go, right? I get that sometimes like you get off work, you've got places to be, you can't feed everybody like, okay, so what are you going to do that night? And usually that means like figuring out either it's a instant pot meal. It's a, this is the night of the week we're going to eat out because that's what we can do. Or maybe it's, we're going to have, you know, some cauliflower crust pizza from our freezer, but with some chicken or something like that in a salad like you can figure out like better options that don't lead you through the drive through at a default fast food restaurant and i think like we just get hardwired into like well that's all i can do and and usually that means that's all you know to do there are other options get a rotisserie chicken and get some pre-made salads like you said at the very beginning like You can go to the grocery store as fast as you can go through a drive-through if you're willing to do it. It becomes about like thinking through things and kind of going back to the question of like, what would I suggest people do? A a few key tips just to distill it would be to always have frozen vegetables and frozen protein in your freezer. Like be smart about it, have something ready that you could whip out and turn into a meal in about 30 minutes. that's one option. The other thing is, know your note, Have a couple of emergency stops that, like, if you have to pick up food, you could go to and get food that would work for you and your goals. So, like for me, like if we have to, like we'll go to Chipotle and I'll get a Chipotle Whole 30 bowl, and it's fine. Like it's it's a little salty, but it's fine, and not go lose sleep over it. And you know, my kids can get something reasonable there too, and we move on. But we just don't do that four nights a week or for lunch every single day right like those are for more extreme circumstances because frankly if I'm going to eat out I'd rather have like a really nice meal like a craft meal than something that's purely functional and then I think the the last piece is is remember that you can get quick cook meals now from the grocery store like H-E-B has HelloFresh kits you know Sprouts has pre-made meals that you can put together quickly on your stove and um, then like I guess with COVID they don't have it right now but like Spr- uh, whole foods normally has like a hot bar where you could go put together a balanced meal like none of that involves fast food and it doesn't cost anymore either
0: obviously these are some great tips and for some people that kind of know what they want to do, but also what does your business do for people that are super busy or they just don't want to think, or they just kind of need that, they need a start to do things. Yeah. What, what do you guys do at uh focus fit?
1: Focus and fit. Yeah. So when we work with clients, you know, the first thing to understand that we want to spend time with you, understanding like your goals, your current habits and your current routines so we can figure out like, where can we have the biggest impact early and help you see results for making changes? So we'll design a plan for you that, you know, obviously we're we're gonna provide you calories. We're gonna give you guidance on, you know, hydration, protein and things like that. But then we kind of put together like a habit stack of, you know, what, what habits do you need to work on first to actually start making changes and seeing progress? So it might be one of the things that we mentioned Um, But it also might be like going to bed at a certain time, you know, and getting some of these foundational elements in place so you're getting enough sleep so that you can function better the whole rest of the day. It just really varies depending upon the person. And then we also get into these how-to lifestyle tips to actually get your food on track. And we do that through a coaching process where we work with you each week to kind of help you evolve a little more each week to get to to get to a better place. We like to really focus in on how are we building sustainable change for you? So it's not like here's your plan and go off and do it. It's more like we're in it <laughs> <Good> with <luck. laughs> you to kind of yeah, right, to like go go with you through the process because it is a journey. And I think the other thing we've been talking a lot about like how what to eat but People have really complicated relationships with food, right? Because food is cultural, food is emotions, food is stress relief. A lot, especially our women, have been told to fear food or food is bad. Like, so... We don't do, we refer people out if they have eating disorders, but it does reach that into the spectrum where sometimes people have true eating disorders and they need help. that's far beyond what we can provide them. But we also try to unpack, like, how are you using food and what's the role of food in your life? And can we unpack some of this, like, bad information you've been given so that you just have an overall healthier relationship with the food that you're eating?
0: Wow, that's super. We could do a whole episode on food psychology. This is really cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to have you back on because yeah, Yeah. food food is bad, but food is fuel. You can't live without it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and like, and so there's, you know, and I guess the one thing that I would really want all of the runners to take home that listen to your to your podcast is that you know we do not need to fear carbs. Like, I feel like that there's so much information about you know anti carbs like. No, when you're not running, you don't need sugar, but like, I don't want you to run in fear away from them because as a runner, that is an endurance sport that your body is pre-programmed to do with carbs. So that is something that needs to be balanced, not something that needs to be feared.
0: Wow, that's super cool. Yeah. I know we just kind of hit record and uh, we got some great info, and we definitely need to have you back on. (laughs) I I guess that's probably the best tip is the carbone. Any last minute tip before we uh, end the episode?
1: I I think the last thing I would say is that remember that, you know, also that as runners, like men are different from women. You are your own experiment, right? So just because it works for your running mentor doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And also like, listen to your body primarily, if it doesn't feel right for you, it probably means you need to do something else.
0: Oh, and I almost forgotten. I'll put it in the episode notes, but how do people get in touch with you and your business?
1: Sure. So, um, we're on, we're online on Facebook. We have a website. Um, we're also on Instagram at focus fit nutrition, or people could just email me directly at Lisa at focusfitnutrition.com.
0: All right. Terrific. Appreciate it. And we'll definitely have you back on. As always, uh, this podcast is free. All we ask is if you know somebody that using information, just share it with them. And if you want to be the first to find out about weekly episodes, hit the subscribe, follow button. just kind of depends on your uh, podcast platforms. And if you can leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts, we always appreciate that. Looking forward to sharing another episode next week. Thanks for visiting the Houston Running Zone. If you know someone you'd like to be featured in the zone, go to the HoustonRunningZone.com and send us a message. Until next week, always remember, Houston, we've got the runs.